Welcome, one and all, to uh, a Radio Free Tote Bag bonus series that I'm tentatively calling Donovan Chatting with People. And then I'll put the person's name in the title of the episode or whatever. Because uh, it's just me, Donovan, everyone's favorite half of Radio Free Tote Bag. You're doing interviews that are unrelated to the uh, material of the main show, the focus of the main show. Uh, for example, I I've mentioned on recent episodes how I've been watching a lot of paleontology YouTube. And I thought to myself, I'd like to interview some of these YouTubers, but if they come on the show, then we're going to be answering questions and like, I can't ask them questions or we're going to run out of time. You get the idea. So I figure I'd do this bonus series and uh, we're coming in strong this week with one of those paleontology YouTubers that I love. Uh, it's Edge. Welcome. Hi, I'm Edge. Um, I am a natural history YouTuber. That I I I call it natural history edutainment. Um, I don't leave any stone unturned. I want to be able to do any topic. So I guess I'm here to talk about paleontology. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that. And other topics, because okay. you're right, natural history is a better mm. catch-all. I'm very new to all of this stuff, and that's okay. my best description to people. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. paleontology YouTube. But you're right, it encompasses uh, your channel, especially other other categories. Yeah. Because uh, so does EDGE is an acronym, mm -hmm. and I think I put together what it stands for, but do you want to tell the folks at home and also, <laughs> I guess, me what it stands for? Okay, uh, it's expeditioners discovery guild enterprise gotcha. <laughs> and then your low oh, and your logo uh -huh. and you have uh because you cover extant animals mm -hmm. extinct animals yep and wait for it oh i had the word in my head for a second and then i lost it cryptozoology right mm -hmm. you got it uh and uh, any anything that's bizarre um Weird, the unusual, um, cryptids, you know, weird things that people have taken pictures of at the bottom of the ocean, like the right. antenna. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was, that was a particularly good episode. Oh, thanks. Uh, what kind of got you into all of this, though? Because I think, you know, maybe somebody who's who's not familiar with kind of this stuff would uh would kind of be like oh, i don't know mothman and like archaeology these are pretty unrelated phenomenon but i do see the common thread through all of these things where it's kind of like we're trying to piece together what this thing is mm -hmm. and you know what its life looks like and, and, and all of these things you know based on it, in the past from fossils or whatever remaining evidence you have mm -hmm. uh or in the case of cryptids like photos you know, or the drunk guy at the bar who fucking swears to God he saw the Loveland Frogman. Oh, he's yeah. going to regale you with some. But you see what I'm saying? Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Were you kind of drawn by that element of needing to like piece together? Oh, yeah. Uh, um, kind of these mysteries, basically. I think based on my short life on Twitter, and even though that's a very small percentage of the population, but um, based on that, it seems that a lot of paleontology. In well, yeah, paleontology and and or biology interested people um, gravitate towards cryptozoology when they're young because it's like, oh, wow, 
there is a possibility that some prehistoric animal survived in some remote area. And if right. we found it, then we'll know everything about the extinct stuff. Um, and I think part of paleontology lends itself to, and like to wanting to look into or study cryptozoology because they're both trying to piece together what the hell the subject you're talking about is right. Um, and I think, uh, cryptozoology has a lot more to do with anthropology and archaeology. Well, not so much archaeology, but anthropology and history because like the, um, the value of cryptozoology is more about, um, the stories that people tell the, um, the way that stereotypes are, or memes are transferred from person to person throughout an entire group of people in a culture somewhere remote, you know, that's kind of how myths start. And so cryptids are kind of an offshoot of myths more or less. Um, now I'm kind of getting lost in the weeds a little bit. Oh no, that, that, that's all right. It's a it's a crazy broad topic. Yeah, is uh, is one of the things I've kind of discovered. And with watching you know your videos and others, I, I kind of got into cryptids and all that. Did you ever hear the series Weird US? Those books. Hmm. There was a TV it series on Discovery or something, and there was books. Uh Basically, like just kind of big coffee table picture books that mm-hmm. had like stories of cryptids and like haunted bridges and that kind of shit. Yeah, that was catnip for me when I was twelve years old. <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. it for like I was like I got weird U.S. Then I got Ohio, and I was like <laughs> I'm gonna see like what's around me, like the Loveland Frogman I mentioned. Right, right, that's, yeah, that's one of those real ones. Uh, and then I was just like, I love this shit, so I'm gonna get Pennsylvania, even though I've never been there. <laughs> I don't know. I just wanted to. Uh, you know, hear all of these stories and, you know, something else interesting in there you'd find is kind of how there's kind of the similar themes that come up in each one, right? Mm-hmm. Like with the horror ones, there's like, oh, there's the hanging person's bridge mm-hmm. and you drive under it and there's a ghost hanging from it or whatever. Uh, or with the cryptid type stuff, like there's all kinds of like lizard people and oh, like yeah. this type of stuff. Oh, or ape uh, people. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and so as a kid, like that was fascinating to me because it's like, this is this crazy stuff that's out there. The world is terrifying. It's awesome. That's, that's fucking, that's real cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, which it still is, but, but not in that way. Um, but now kind of looking at it later on, having kind of dismissed it as, you know, oh, it's pseudoscience. None of this shit is real. It is really interesting in that way you're saying in which like, what does a cryptid say about the people who kind of, you know, are telling the story mm-hmm. or about like the culture that it kind of arose in. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. That's, that's been making me, that's been making me think a lot of like, why, why come up with Mothman? You right. know, like, what was it about kind of what was going on in the culture that made people be like, here's a scary idea for a monster. It's like one of those <laughs> little moths, but, but he's a man too. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think they're, you know, it's a case by case basis, right? But I think a lot of these things stem from a bunch of different things, which sounds really vague. But, um, you know, because I'm sure some cryptids 
or ideas of cryptids have started from someone seeing something like something, right. some actual physical thing. Um, but whether or not that thing is a giant insectoid bird man, <laughs> or whether it's a giant um, hairy ape man that wants to, I don't know, steal weed farmers and rape them or something. Uh, uh, was it that? Uh, I don't know, but it makes sense to like, that there's, you know, a bunch of different lines that come together to create a myth behind all these things. Um, you said how I got into this or asked how I got into this. And I think yeah. we've gone like way <laughs> far away from that. Cause you know, that's just, how this show tends yeah. to go on the main show. Uh, mm-hmm. and that's probably how it's going to be on this bonus series. I, <laughs> I, I like following all the threads, see where they oh, go. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Wait, so, so what, what brought you into this whole thing? So, um, I've been interested in dinosaurs and dragons and monsters and all the, you know, crazy, cool, r- nasty shit since forever. Like, Basically, basically every kid, right, into dinosaurs at some point. Um, oh yeah, and I just never grew out of it. Um, and so I've always wanted to be a paleontologist, and so now I'm I'm pursuing that a degree in geology at university. I just graduated, um, and so I wanted to start a YouTube channel. Uh, Originally, because of cryptids, just cryptids. Um, my original uh, starting point was a a um, a club at my high school. <laughs> like, uh, I wanted to make it into a club where we all did natural history stuff. You know, go to museums, go to zoos, go hiking, go you know, stupid hell yeah, twelve uh, year old ideas or you know. Um, but because I was in rural, semi rural Colorado, no one, no one gives a shit about any of the stuff that I gave a shit about. So that fell apart almost immediately. And so I, I changed the club idea into a YouTube channel idea. And because I've always been able to write or, you know, I've been interested in writing. Um, I had somewhat of a skill to do that and write scripts and make a video. Um, and I was inspired by all the stuff I'd seen as a kid, you know, animal planet discovery channel, um, the BBC stuff, you know, walking with dinosaurs. Um, and you said that you were, you got into cryptids because of those books. Um, and I got into cryptids because of stuff like, um, lost tapes which was a show on animal planet that was basically about cryptids um they they dramatized some of the stories and so it was kind of half horror show half actual talking about the cryptids um right as those tend to go on like animal planet and discovery and yeah yeah they have to dramatize stuff to get the kids interested (laughs) Um, it worked, I guess. It, it definitely <laughs> worked. It. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, now I'm just doing this stuff, I guess. <laughs> Have you, uh, it, so something else I've kind of noticed 
with following your channel and, and some of the others I mentioned, uh-huh. uh, I've seen y'all do a lot of like collaboration work mm-hmm. between channels. And it seems like there's like a really strong community going there, uh, which on, on one hand, I'm like, this totally makes sense. It's like the internet. That's, that's how mm-hmm. these things go. Uh, but that's been really exciting for me, you know, diving into this stuff and like finding a new channel oh, yeah. know, uh, from a collab from another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just, gives me a good sense we've you know found a similar thing with the podcasting of people just being really uh you know willing to collaborate on stuff and 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 chat and kind of like support and advice and that kind of thing which i which i really appreciate it uh what's what's kind of your experience i guess with kind of the community around this uh on youtube um when i was first starting when i was very little on on youtube my little baby channel um not a lot well first of all my quality was dog shit um and so (laughs) any of anyone who was better wouldn't have wanted to collab with me and i totally understand that because i don't really want to collaborate with someone who has you know really bad audio or something but um sure but you know i got as i got better and i got more stuff, um, you know, more attention. I, you know, everyone wants to do is, is willing to jump on a collaboration. It's just no one. It seems like a lot of people aren't the ones to start it. So like Mm -hmm. come to someone else to be like, Hey, let's do a collab. It's like, Oh, okay. Um, I think most of the time I've had to be the one to go to some of these channels um, but then I see some clouds. I'm like, oh, it, I'm glad that other people are doing this. So that's cool. Uh, but overall, the community is is really um, welcoming, re- ready to uh, help each other out. And that definitely also um, is reflected bec- for, for like science fields. Because in any science field, you cannot rely on yourself at all to do basically anything you have to get some other expert to come in and help you on the things that you're not confident in. You have to get someone else to, you know, grind the rocks or look at the microscope on the Petri dish or, um, you know, you can't as a paleontologist, you can't go out in the field by yourself that much because what if you find, you know, something really special, then you'll need a team of, you know, four or five other people to, start work right. on that yeah the unsung heroes the research assistants oh yeah 100 i have i have i have been there but in a in a different area mm-hmm. yeah um we even have that here at our university um my roommate is actually um a research assistant grinding rocks that's that's what he's doing he's li- <laughs> it sounds uh primitive and ape-like but th- yeah that's what you got to do you got to grind the rocks to look at the rocks yeah. Oh, right. I mean, so much of just kind of science in general is that is that just sitting down processing something oh, for yeah. hours on end that yeah. has that has none of like the I don't know the cool factor, uh, mm-hmm. you know, than the, the findings that that come out of there. Yeah, all my professors um, would they say like it's ten percent field work and eighty or ninety eighty percent doing stuff back at the lab, the boring stuff. Right. <laughs> Um, 
Another thing I kind of became aware of through, you know, through your channel and others, uh, there's kind of this conception and maybe this, this was just me, but I, I feel like this is pretty broad, uh, in Western culture, but this kind of conception of the past is like, okay, there was some single celled stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, then maybe there was a fish and something climbed onto land. Then there's dinosaurs, then there's mammoths, and then there's us. And then there's like some cavemen in there somewhere. <laughs> uh, something that has like really jumped out to me is the degree to which that is hilariously oversimplified. Oh, yeah. And the degree to which there's this wild variety of creatures that like in groups of animals that are as cool as the dinosaurs and mm-hmm. oftentimes are like very similar looking. Uh, that get no airplay that I had never heard of in my entire life. And oh, like, yeah. I keep, you know, finding these videos where it'll be a new one. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. And then I got to <laughs> go down that Wikipedia hole and learn <laughs> about this stuff. Uh, and s- some of that coming, coming from your channel. What, what do you think is kind of your, what's your favorite or maybe the most out there or just maybe what has stood out to you the most as far as kind of like non-traditional, uh, less, uh, Groups of animals in the past, people are less aware of. Do you you have anything like that? Yeah. Well, uh, my favorite dinosaur is one of those weirdos. Uh, Is Therizinosaurus. It's a giant um, 40 foot long, I guess 30, 30, 40 foot long um, turkey shaped dinosaur. Um, (laughs) It's got, you know, what? I don't know, like a 10 foot arm span claws that are three feet long a long neck like you'd see on a on a sauropod dinosaur a little tiny head at the top you know short tail a big fat belly for you know digesting all that yummy vegetable stuff and you know i'm looking up a picture it's got mm -hmm. big fucking edward scissorhand claws Mm -hmm. going on too yeah um that whole group is bizarre because in some ways, each one of those, the, um, you know, different ones that we know about are very similar to each other, but in other ways, they're very different from each other. And they all evolved from meat eating theropod dinosaurs. So they're, they, sw- you know, they did the switcheroo and became herbivores. Yeah. Oh, and the theropods are the ones that have. T-Rex, like people mm-hmm. would know. Yeah, uh, uh, T-Rex, Velociraptor, Spinosaurus, um, Allosaurus. They're all theropod dinosaurs. Um, the list of characteristics that come, you know, that make them theropod dinosaurs is way too long for us to go through, but um, <laughs> essentially, they're all two-legged. They all have arms. They're all meat eater. Well, they're supposed to be all meat eaters, right? Um, they're they have a really unique hip, like a, a pelvis shape. That's like um, an X if you cut off the top part of the of the X. So it's mm-hmm. got one bone jutting forward towards the stomach and one ju- one bone jutting backwards towards the tail. Um, that's a defining trait of the theropods and the long necks. Because the theropods and the long necks are the most closely related to each other, um, but that's that's getting uh, I'm getting sidetracked again. Um, the <laughs> coolest groups, right? That are that are unique and 
not, you know, that don't get enough airtime, right? Um, I would say a lot of things from the Cenozoic, which is the period of t- or the era of time after the dinosaurs, um, because there's some <laughs> wacky shit going on there. Because mammals oh. had free reign to just do whatever, and so they took on a lot of shapes that the dinosaurs had already done, and and it's really weird to see those shapes in a mammal form because we're so used to the normal mammals that we live with now, right? Right. Um, and because it, and that's a situation that comes out of these big extinctions, right? Where it's mm-hmm. all of these organisms occupying all of these niches are wiped out. And so whatever's le- left over has to adapt, you know, into new species to fill those niches. Uh, yeah. and you get wild looking stuff coming out of there. That's, uh, what, what's the what, what's the other big one? I feel like was before the dinosaurs. Is it the extinction the KP, event? Is KPG the one that killed the dinosaurs? Yeah. What is the one I'm thinking of that was the? Permian? the yes, mm-hmm. with uh, prior to them, with kind of those stem mammal type critters mm-hmm. that yeah. were that were around at that time. It, yeah, I, don't know, I the, guess it's it's called the Permian mass extinction. It killed. It was. It's the worst one that's ever hit anything on Earth. Uh, it killed somewhere around you know, 95, 98% of all life on the planet. Jesus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's real weird, fun fact, real quick. After that, ex- like yeah. immediately after that extinction, all of the rock layers um, preserve basically nothing but a creature called Lystrosaurus. And Lystrosaurus being a relative to those stem mammal creatures. Um, it was, it was a Dicynodont, which are creatures with beaks like a turtle and two tusks. So their canines were tusks sticking out of their beak and they had no other teeth. Um, and there was squat, you know, toad, toad pig lizard looking things with short little tails. Um, but these guys were basically running around the entire planet because it was just Pangaea, you know, one supercontinent. So they were the they ruled the world after this extinction event. And that's all you find in the rock layers. It's just Lystrosaurus after Lystrosaurus after Lystrosaurus. There's basically no other oh. diversity. <laughs> yeah. So they they what somehow a- survived. Right. Mm-hmm. And then if it's just them that make it through and are filling the niches that are there, that you ha- and there's not so much time that passed, it sounds like. So there's this mm-hmm. situation where everything, all the big animals look extremely similar because they're mm-hmm. all from the same class. Yeah. It's such a weird thing to think about, right? Because like I, another thing I guess this has led me to, but it's just in day-to-day life. Like we kind of think of animals as kind of the categories we're familiar with, right? There's kind of like mm-hmm. there's chickens and there's pigs <laughs> and there's horses. And then there's kind of the ones, you know, at least here in the States that we don't encounter so much like a fossa or something like that. Oh, you, yeah. you, you look at it and you're like, well, oh, I guess it's a cat or something, but it's like, no, this is this totally unrelated oh, yeah. lineage. I guess what I'm getting at is like, Looking through all of this, and especially a period of time like that where there's such limited diversity, it ma- it makes me appreciate a lot more like what we have now and what's mm-hmm. filling these niches. Uh, when I'm kind of looking at, at it less as, oh, yeah, this is every day. It's right here. When it's really more like, well, I happen to be alive at this time. There's still this fascinating like variety of creatures out there. Mm-hmm. 
and in the past it's been you know that wide variety in completely like different ways oh yeah you know filling those same niches so things kind of land on these similar body plans but you know, one is more like a crocodile looking thing, or now you have like a mammal looking thing. Uh, I don't know. I, I think it's just kind of given me an appreciation for how special it kind of is to be on the planet right now. And like, oh, yeah, uh, I don't know all the things we, we kind of can see. Yeah. Um, a, a mind blowing realization about that is that like the true diversity of life now, all of the animals alive now, every single, you know sect of creature a living thing mm-hmm. that that amount has been around forever right so when we think about the past and extinct animals like dinosaurs we think of like the cretaceous period and you think of oh uh tyrannosaurus spinosaurus oh um you know baryonyx iguanodon stuff like that but those are like a snapshot of a snapshot of a snapshot of a time right Mm -hmm. and so the amount of stuff that we have no idea about and we'll never have any idea about because comparing it to today of how much shit there is alive around now it's like oh fuck we don't we know nothing (laughs) because there is basically the way i think about it is there's a world or there's like an unlimited number of our current presence in the past. So there's, Mm. it's unfathomable. Like, I don't think our brains are capable of understanding it fully because there is, there's been, you know, quadrillions or Google plexes of right now in the past. Cause sure. um, A year, a year now is just a year, but we're talking 500 million years ago. And then going from year to year back then, and a species like lasts, what, like a million years-ish, <laughs> and there's 500 million years of time, and then only certain things get preserved in the rocks, right? And so it's just like, oh, this is, this is, I I need to get high right now. <laughs> like, what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> what is going on? You right, know. it's 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 that thing where it's just it, numbers of that scale or time of that scale just becomes totally ungraspable, and mm-hmm. you you just kind of hit that thing in your brain, where you feel like you're almost coming against up up against a wall and trying to conceptualize it, which uh, you know pl- it plays into what I was talking about too, with us kind of taking the present for granted and kind of as the baseline. Oh, like yeah. this is what's normal. The past is what's crazy and out there. Uh, when, like you're saying, this is just kind of a snapshot here mm-hmm. with all of the species and the way the earth looks, you know, now, uh, with, but that existed in the past in the same way. And there's not one that's like more advanced or better than the other, or, mm-hmm. you know, more normal as I'm getting at. Uh, but again, just like this wild variety of things based on just whatever niche there was to occupy. And then from there, I get to that point of just like, Humanity really isn't that special, huh? Like we we oh, obviously yeah. have gotten to this point where you know we have this wild tool use and this massive culture and all of this stuff. Uh but again, it just it it, it takes me out of that like, oh yeah, all of these cities and our way of life, and, like <laughs> driving places, all of oh, that's just normal. And it's like, no, this is 
<laughs> wild. This is such a wild time in history, like in the context yeah. of all, all of these past eras. And we're uh, like, we're like I just a really cool ape, but there's been, but we're, you know, that's it. There's been really cool apes before doing really cool right. shit, but we just, <laughs> we're just the ones around right now. Right. <laughs> right. And, and talking about it and all yeah. the, you know, bias that comes from us being those, those particular apes. Uh, I don't know something, something about all of that. And especially through kind of quarantine and spending so much time inside, mm-hmm. uh, weirdly has just kind of, I don't know. I feel like my framing of the world has gotten a little more positive as well. Really? That's good. <laughs> I, I know I, I've kind of been communicating this to people sometimes and they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I feel, I feel like my optimism is at its lowest. Yeah. Uh, but something from this and in, in natural history and kind of that realization of how relative things are and how there isn't like this normal uh, also, you know, carried me into then human history, mm-hmm. you know, and, and kind of our culture and the relativism that exists there and, uh, and all of these different types of cultures that have existed and gotten huge and empires that have fallen and like, well, on the one hand, you kind of do get that sense of Jesus, life is fleeting, like oh, everything yeah. could collapse at any moment. That's mm-hmm. terrifying. But on the other hand, I'm just like, I don't know, people and also just life in general have made it through so many crazy things. Oh, you yeah. know, extinctions like you talked about that killed 95% of life, you know, as terrible as things are and as like fucked as we are politically mm, yeah. uh you know and in terms of the the environment and all of this mm-hmm. uh, i guess i just have kind of this sense of like even if the worst case happened and we managed to extinct ourselves and completely just fuck up everything that we're you know trying to do mm-hmm. uh something else you know whatever tiny lizard that that might make it through that maybe that ends up evolving into kind of the next uh intelligent species to do something and maybe they get it maybe they get it right that time i don't know that's <laughs> i'm getting pretty out there with it but this is the kind of shit i've been thinking about yeah. trapped inside folks yeah. um yeah i think um i don't know where i was going with that i've lost my train of thought it's left the station folks um <laughs> <laughs> that's the podcast and uh that's the podcast and classic right there that's how it goes <laughs> Um, you were talking about if we go extinct. Oh, right. That's what I was going to say. I don't think, I don't think we will go fully extinct because I think we're a bit like cockroaches, you know, cause we've survived. <laughs> we've, we have, our species has technically survived a mass extinction, a small mass extinction that, um, I, I can't remember. I don't know much about it cause I'm not that interested as as interested in human history, but it is fascinating. Um, there was a human mass extinction, like I don't know, tens of thousands of years ago. Um, and I think it was an asteroid. I think so, or some kind of climate t- catastrophe. Uh, I think it's called the Younger Dryas period or Younger Dryas impact, something like that. And that. Knocked our population down to like a couple thousand people, which is oh, holy shit, way worse than anything we have, you know, seen in recent history. As bad as you know the whole coronavirus thing is, we've we have survived worse, so we sh- we'll, we'll definitely survive this. 
Um, but you know, the more existential dread is, you know, the environmental collapse that, which at this point is inevitable. Um, technically not reversible, but you know, with the best technology we have now, we could slow it down and make it not as bad, but you know, (laughs) that's locked behind the old political, Lock and key, right? Um, right, and the just momentum of capitalism. Oh yeah, right. How do you how do you stop you know environmental degradation from from like not only just dumping but like resource over exploitation, mm-hmm. uh, or like just the effect that that cities have on weather patterns and all of these things, and then all of this stuff that is like beyond what we're even aware of. Uh, I guess that's been another thing coming from what i was what i was talking about there is just that the 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 degree to which things are interconnected and i think people are kind of aware of that in the concept of an ecosystem but like so much more connected than that and in balance and kind of fragile and obviously affected by like you know things that we do and uh, our societies do uh in ways that i think you wouldn't kind of normally expect Right. And mm-hmm. something that kind of led me to as well, because you think then, OK, well, how do you do anything about that? A lot of what, you know, particularly in this system, right, mm-hmm. under capitalism, a lot of what the quote unquote solution is comes from like hollow gestures, like the whole straw thing. We're going to ban <laughs> plastic straws. Yeah. Look at this turtle. It got wedged in its nose. And it's like, that's horrible. But banning that that you're putting a band-aid on like a symptom of this massive mm-hmm. you know churning uh a deadly situation we've caused uh or even like endangered species situations where it's kind of like well we just got to save these pandas right but it's like well the Man, reason that the they are threatened <laughs> well the reason they're threatened is like also threatening everything else in that ecosystem and it's mm-hmm. just like that's kind of the species that stands out but also people need something to latch on to because like yeah these big churning problems are so like vague and nebulous it's hard to it's hard to get behind it what do you do you do you have any kind of i don't know maybe thought about how people could be better reached with with that kind of thing with kind of understanding <laughs> the problem better than just we got to save some pandas i know that's an enormous question too but <laughs> um i have had this discussion i think like a bunch of different times with a bunch of different people and so it's it's kind of um narrowed down how i think of what the true solution to a lot of these problems are and in my opinion based on the evidence of what i've you know you know uh living on the planet for whatever however long um is that the thing that would solve most of our problems is better education. That seems to be the root of most of the problems. Uh, uh, extremism, um, far rightism, <laughs> you know, uh, the climate disaster, capitalism, or over overrunning ca- or capitalism overrunning whatever we're doing. All of that stuff can be solved if we just have a better education, because the vast majority of our country sucks ass at education and you you were just giving me an example of that with paleontology and how you didn't really know the true diversity of life right no one knows no one knows that an average person doesn't know that and i you know 
weirdos like me and Trey the Explainer and uh, Benji Thomas know about that stuff because we got obsessed with it. Um, and you're not going to, you know, the, the average person ain't going to get obsessed with it, but they should know to some extent how diverse it is because that could instill in the average person a reason to save what we have now because it's fragile and it could be gone the next day. Um, And that comes down to, you know, elementary, middle, high school teaching more about the sciences, right? But no one wants to put money into science classes because that doesn't make more money, right? (laughs) Um, Right. But yeah, because I had no um, understanding of geology or paleontology until I got to college. And even then, I didn't get to a paleontology class until my third year in college. And even then, there was two, I think there was two, two or three classes of paleontology. And in those classes, we had to cover the entire history of life on Earth. Uh, (laughs) And they split it up into invertebrates and vertebrate life. And I'm just like, well, no wonder no one who takes these classes becomes interested in this topic because you're just throwing bullshit from an encyclopedia out because you're, but it's not even like the teacher's fault, right? They're just dumped with, oh, you have to teach this class. And it's like, oh shit, now what do I have to do? I have to just dump all this stuff out into the kids, right? Um, Right. But having a fundamental, just the fundamentals of, you know, the major uh, fields of science and math and you know all the other stuff that's important english and whatever that i think instills some level of give a shit in someone um and it also is like an endless cycle of teachers not giving a shit and not caring about their subject which rubs off on the kids that then don't give a shit about the subject they're being taught which then makes them not care, which then makes them not give, you know, not follow into it or get interested in even just cycle, learning about the it. The cycle continues. Right, right. Um, and how do you fix that? Well, give them better pay, then they'll care more, right? But how are you going to do that when the administrators don't care because they were taught not to care as kids because their their teachers weren't paid enough. <laughs> and so it just keeps grinding these people down into people into kids that don't give a shit and what they grow into adults that don't give a shit or are ignorant to some degree of why they should give a shit you know right another thing too i feel like is just having having the time and just kind of intellectual resources oh yeah to be able to focus on that Mm because like you know, for for many people, you're out of high school and then you're working fucking 80 hours a week to barely scrape by. Mm-hmm. And it's like you there's no time to kind of consider these things, which are like very essential, not only just kind of a, a knowledge and, and awareness type thing, but, but also, I mean, it's like all of this natural history and all of like the, all of this, the history of life you know, is our history. Oh, yeah. All all of these developments play into, like, why we are the way that we are. And I don't know. There's something just so overwhelmingly beautiful about that to me. Mm -hmm. And such a bummer that, like, that concept was never communicated 
to me as a kid, right? Because yeah. like you're saying, I feel like if the resources were dedicated to that and uh, it was more effectively communicated to people, not just, you know, kids who are into this stuff or want to go down, you know, that kind of career path, I, I think a lot of people you know, would appreciate this, you know, mm-hmm. people, people like learn. There's the reason dinosaurs blew up as like such a yeah. fad with Jurassic Park and all that stuff. Cause yeah. it's objectively cool <laughs> to know that there were giant, crazy fucking monster type animals, yeah. you know, all throughout our past, you know, walking around where Ohio is now. I don't know. <laughs> it, it makes life a lot more exciting mm-hmm. and it just, I think makes people aware of how big and crazy life is, as opposed to, you know, getting siloed into that work 80 hours to scrape by uh cycle that capitalism forces people into it. It's almost that like we need out, man. It's almost like we need to edit or change something about that capitalist system <laughs> intent. <laughs> a little a little nudge. A little nudge. We almost we almost had it a couple of years ago. I miss Bernie. Uh bad Bad times, Bad unfortunately. Times. But yeah. hey, as as I was getting at, you know, I, I think there's hope in there. Yeah, life is it's such a long, you know, history of things and has overcome adversity and is goddamn beautiful. We could do better than this. Uh, that's what I'm hoping people take to heart learning about this stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I think. Uh... I think there is hope and uh, an optimism in understanding all that prehistoric stuff. Right. Cause um, what's uh, like worms or what's some organism that has survived forever. Uh, fish even crocodiles. Oh, I'm thinking even further back. I'm thinking like oh. worms have sur- like an earthworm hagfish. Right? hagfish. Yeah. Stuff like that has survived they've have evolved throughout that time, but they've survived and survived and survived and survived. And so if they can survive and they're a stupid little fish, right. Or a stupid little worm that doesn't do shit, then, (laughs) then we should be able to survive. Right. (laughs) Unfortunately, we can do too much shit. (laughs) Oh yeah. 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 We do too much shit. Yeah. That's a good point though. Like, come on people. We got to have somewhere self-respect. And beat these worms. They've got millions of years ahead start on us. Come on. I mean get it together. You can even um you know make it a uh a um a versus thing or a, a fight thing or you know get to the get to the uh primitive nature of our species to just be like, hey, you know, we gotta save the planet so that we can continue to fuck it up, right? I mean, come on. Right. <laughs> we got to beat these. We got to beat ourselves, right? Got to be better than ourselves, you know? We got to do this for the mammals, man. If the fucking reptiles come up next and the mammals lose, come on. They don't even have fur. That's lame <laughs> as hell. I got a mustache. There will be no mustaches in the future if we extinct ourselves. <laughs> come on. I don't know. I'm, I'm 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 grasping at all of the yeah, things yeah. to to get people on board with this kind of thing, and I landed on mustaches. This is what we must preserve. Though to be fair, there are some monkeys with some pretty pretty fire mustaches. This is <laughs> some true. Good Fu Manchus, you know. <laughs> 
Well, uh, we're coming up on the uh, on the end here. All it right. is it has been very good, uh, been very good talking with you. Uh, before we get out, do you have anything you'd like to tell the folks about? Where can we? Where can people find your channel? Uh, anything you have coming up you'd like to plug? Oh yeah. Um. So you can find me at Edge. <laughs> That's my YouTube channel name. Um. Oddly enough, I seem to be coming up as the first. Uh. Uh search suggestion after just putting an edge so i'm like i guess people could just find me as edge that's cool even though there's a wwe wrestler named edge and he's pretty cool but you know i'm edge now (laughs) you're being him (laughs) (laughs) um so you can find me at edge on youtube i'm on instagram as ah shit what is my handle uh is it edge in the wild i think it's edge in the wild let me see yeah no it's edge on the trail (laughs) <laughs> and then you can find me on Twitter at Edge in the Wild. Um, on Twitter, I get a little bit more rowdy than I do on YouTube because it's a freer yeah. platform. <laughs> uh, and on Instagram, I you know it's been crickets, but I'm adding more stuff for you know more personal stuff about you know uh, pic- pictures, cool pictures that I've taken when I'm out out in the in the wild or. Um, pictures of food i've made when i get bored (laughs) um i have oh right i've been doing this huge collab thing with a bunch of people that i forgot to bring up um that are these themed weeks the last week of every month um is a themed week so we we pick a theme earlier on in the month we vote on it it's you know i've I put it out there on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube and Facebook and you know all the places and everyone votes on a theme that they want to see for the month and at the end of the month the very last week of that month we all do content of that theme and we all use the hashtags so that everyone sees it and so it uh brings more eyes to a certain subject and the people that study that certain subject so we've done uh, Ammonite week all about the coiled uh, shells of the, you know, entire Mesozoic and stuff like that. Um, we've done Fossil Fish Week. A lot of people loved Fossil Fish Week. I, I will probably have to do that again next year. Um, you had Mosasaur Week. Going, oh yeah, Mosasaur which I was, Week, uh, which yeah. I was a big fan of. That was the only one I was able to like actually make a ton of shit for. Um, I think next month I'll I'll make sure to make a ton of shit for that one because I've. I've really just wanted to be able to release stuff not on the weekend because <laughs> I feel stuck to like one one video a week on the weekend. Um, right. I want to have enough made so that I can make stuff to release on, you know, Monday or something. Um, I'm currently work. I've got a Redbubble site where I can get stickers and shirts and cool stuff like that. Um, I'm currently working on a super secret project, um, Ooh. which, um, involves physical objects that you can, um, collect and that, you know, come in a million different colors. Um, I won't be uh, going any further than that. Cause, um, I'm waiting until I get to hundred K until I, you know, throw all the stuff out there, but that's going to be really cool. Um, really looking forward to Hell that. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's all I got. <laughs> that's all I got to plug. Hell yeah. Well, highly recommend checking Edge out. And uh, especially keep an eye out for those weeks. 
Because, yeah, I really like that concept. I, I tend to watch your and, I, I don't know, a lot of YouTube when I'm mm-hmm. watching lunch. And so when I see you post one of those weeks, I'm like, oh, nice. There's going to be shit to watch all week. This is fantastic. That's so uh, cool. A <laughs> lot of putting a lot of content out there. Uh, so if you, you know, you're listening to this and you're, uh, you got some interest in the topic, highly recommend checking out, uh, Edge's channel. And, uh, thank you again for coming on. It's been great talking to you. Yeah. Thanks. This has been really cool. I appreciate it. Uh, and if, uh, you'd like to support my show, patreon.com slash RFTB for bonus episodes. And if you're here, uh, not having come from my show, it's a dating and relationship advice show people sending questions we answer them radio free tote but you're on the feed scroll down and find other episodes is pretty good all right uh well thank you again edge uh Thanks so much without arthur here to do the outro uh i'm gonna come up on the mic and say i love you thanks bye <laughs> bye oh ma <laughs> <laughs>